Greetings and welcome to the Power for Positive Living podcast. My name is James Huey. I facilitate friendships, personal growth, education services, and also serve as host for these podcasts, offering openness and caring through the gifts of listening hospitality. I invite you to join me here on Friendship Podcast Radio as we experience and explore diverse topics to enrich the quality of your life. Power for positive living and friendship. Recently, I had the pleasure of teaching a class to the membership of our local senior center. Each class focuses on how an individual could learn and use some aspect of wellness psychology to develop a more healthy and positive lifestyle. This specific class encourages each of us to understand our basic life position. Let us join this class and learn more about how you and I manage psychological games. Good afternoon. We thank you for coming and appreciate the vast crowd we have here this afternoon and I recognize familiar faces so it's good to have that. I'm not trying to turn any of my classes whether here or on the website on the podcast I'm not trying to turn anybody into junior psychologist. I'm not trying to make you so that you can be spend all of your time on introspection But I do think that a core belief of mine, and I found it has been valuable when I was in private practice and doing a variety of other things, that one of the things that really helped was the more I could learn about me, the better and happier and healthier I was. Anytime we do a course in psychology, there are lots and lots of theories on why people do the things they do. As one who spent a lot of time working with people, I found that there's sometimes one approach is better than another approach. Kind of like the difference between Kroger and Publix. You just have a preference for one, you're familiar with one, etc. Fine. The one I've chosen for today is something called TA, letter TA. And it stands for the words transactional analysis. Transactional analysis is a theory of human behavior. This is a set of beliefs and procedures to, I think, understand how we choose to interact with ourselves and how we choose to interact with other people. You'll notice that I continue, as I have in every other class that you ever heard me teach, is I emphasize the verb to choose. You always have choices. I believe that when, the very, when I was young and just beginning in this field, that the power of the verb to choose was the keystone of good mental health. TA I like so much because it's almost like back when, if you remember back in high school when you learned something called diagramming sentences, I still love yeah. to do that. You do? Great. I do. <laughs> well, diagram sentences was when you uh, took it and you tried to put it in a pictorial form so that you would understand the role of one of the sentence as a whole, 
but also various components of the sentence, how they supported one another, what difference between the noun and the verb and the prepositions and the, all the rest of them. But it helped you get in a graphic phrase. And part of what I like about transactional analysis, or TA, is that it allows me to go back to that. It allows me to put it in pictorial form about how I interact with other people and how other people interact with me. In order to under, better understand the roles that mind games do play, and we all play them, I believe that it's helpful to understand some of transactional analysis. And the very first part that you start with is something that you have heard about probably over your years, and that's the I'm okay, you're okay phenomenon. We're going to just briefly visit that, but it's a cornerstone on which the whole thing is built. There are four. We generally choose which one is our favorite. We choose which one is our second favorite, which one is our third, and then which one is our fourth. The reality, according to TA, is that you choose one. You choose another for other situations, for different feelings, for different stages in your life. In other words, I'm not making necessarily the same choices at my age that I made when, when I was 38. But I am still operating with these four positions. The first one is the I am okay and you are okay. It is the so-called goal toward which we eventually try to work most of our interactions. Anyone who says that they are in the I'm okay, you're okay mode, 100%, 90%, or whatever, is generally delusional <laughs> or they are generally not telling you the truth. Say, don't, and tables collapse. <laughs> well, my goodness, what do we got here? Well, let's certainly make sure everybody woke up. Okay, back to the I'm okay, you're okay. That's a healthy one. That's kind of like something that's the epitome of what we would look for, where it's kind of like adult to adult. It's healthy where I feel good about myself, and I feel good about interacting with someone else with me. That interaction can be within. For example, when I talk to myself, everybody talks to themselves. So when you talk to yourself, is it an okay talk, or is it one of these other positions? When you talk to other people, is it a I'm okay and you're okay kind of talk? Generally, these are ones that we have as goals. Hopefully, we do not put ourselves under the burden of perfectionism and try to make it perfect so that we are there umpteen percent of the time. I can tell you right now, it's gonna be bringing nothing but grief. Trying to be perfect is a burden. So, which one of these? We always float between these four. Second one is, I'm okay, but you're not. It generally tends to be competitive. If you're arguing, you're generally in the I'm okay and you're not okay, because the thing is, I want to win. My political view is better than yours. My religious view is better than yours. My choice of spaghetti for supper is better than yours. I'm better, because I know how to choose what's best. Okay, I'm okay, you're not okay. One of the key concepts that you know you're into an I'm okay, you're not okay, is when a person will say, you should. 
if I were in your position, I would do such and such and such, but you should. And don't forget, one of the best parts about a person who's in the I'm okay, you're not okay, is they're doing what I'm doing, which is taking my finger and pointing. I'm okay, you're not okay. And the moment I see someone pointing at me like that, I get that feeling. Oh, God, I've already got into this one. This is the invitation that's been come to play. This is a very parental kind of mode or attitude. It's though I am 34 and know what's going on, and you are four and don't have any idea about what's going on. And age has nothing to do with it. It's just, a, it's a way I see you. I'm okay, but you're not okay. As I say, it's very parental, and when we get over here, we'll talk about the, the variety of ways you can. The I'm not okay, you are okay, is the third life position. This is where I feel as though I'm inferior because I don't have enough money, I don't have enough IQ, I don't have enough experience, I didn't have good enough parents. I can find a list of why I am not okay. And I am going to come to you and you're going to make it okay. I said, this one reminds you of a parent. What does this remind you of? The child. A child. It's very childlike. You are dependent. You're coming to the person to make things right. You seek authority. You seek other people to take charge or give you power uh, making decisions for you. Tell you what to believe. What direction should you go? If someone comes up to you and says, tell me what to do. Here they are. And then the last one, of course, is the I'm not okay. You are not okay. The world sucks, and so does everything in it. You, me, everything is rotten. These are viewpoints that are easy to slide into. For example, indulge in a pity party. And who hasn't done that at least sometime in their life? You've been down here in number four. Boy, let me tell you about my troubles. Have I got woes? Believe me, I've got woes. You don't know what kind of woes I've seen. Anyway, I'm not okay, you're not, and so I'm going to do whatever I do to talk myself into how miserable I am and the whole world is. Nobody cares. I mean, you hear people say, nobody cares about me. So what I'm saying is, we don't get into one of these positions and lock it in. We fluctuate. Sometimes we can be into a very mellow mode and then somebody cuts us right in the middle of traffic. And boy, do we become, and I'm okay, that driver is hell bent on, and he starts pointing our finger and yelling and blah, 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 whatever. So we just switch back and forth. The key thing is not to find a mode and stay with it, but recognize yourself, when you talk to yourself or when you talk to other people, what is their life position? Which one are they talking to you from? It helps to understand. If you're talking to a person who is coming to you childlike mode, it helps to be able to understand that. If you come across, find yourself saying, boy, I sure do sound like I'm a real parent today. I'm telling everybody what to do. 
you know, that kind of thing. If things are going along and there's not anxiety and tensions and so forth, you might be in the, I'm okay, and so is everyone else. P for parent, A for adult, and C for child. One on top of each other. And according to transactional analysis, all of us can be divided into these three. This is the structure of you as a person. You have a parental part of you. Generally, it can be subdivided into two parts, a nurturing parent, or it can be a critical parent. When I say these phrases, I'm sure that you can identify with either you said them or you have been around people who have said them. The key thing is when you're talking, when you're interacting with people, you're always getting a chance to exhibit some part of that ego state. Parental part of you, nurturing or the critical part. The adult part of you is where it is basically the reason it's very logical, very rational, very methodical. It also can get very boring. <laughs> it can also get very, very tiring. But if you want to get into something that is logical and rational and approach that part of your personality that is trying to problem solve, it helps to get out of a tantrum mode, which is a bit childlike, or to get in, beat yourself on the chest. Oh, how could I make such a stupid decision you know, from a parental mode? Then, of course, there's a child. The child part of your personality, there's three parts. Part of it is what's called an actual child. That's just the fun-loving child. That's a little two- or three-year-old that's running around, and they're not really restrained by, quote, society yet. Then we have the adaptive child, and this is when the kid starts trying to say, hmm, nobody likes me when I do such and such. I wonder if that's a, something I can learn. And so they start learning and adapting to the culture. And then there's a third part of the child, what we call a little professor, but basically it's the manipulative part. What can I get away with? What kind of image am I going to present to people? So these are all parts of us. And of course, we're going to talk about how, when you get back to that part we mentioned earlier about diagramming, we can diagram these things. It gives us a chance to figure out who in the world it is that we are interacting with. And now we have set up basic life positions about when we're going to write our life script. And once again, who's the author of that script? Yeah. Okay. I am the author of my script. I can open myself up to receive all kinds of advice and insight and wisdom from you. For example, you can fill out a program evaluation and you can say all kinds of things, all the way from something very positive to something as, boy, this guy needs help. <laughs> you know, whatever you say is a choice. You have that choice when you talk to others. And you have that choice when you talk to yourself. I have the choice about what I'm going to listen to. Time structuring. We have choices of how we spend our time. All of us are trying to, once again, fulfill this life script. All of us are at one stage or the other in one of these six ways of spending time with other people. Withdrawal. I want to be quiet. I don't want to interact with people. I am doing it just withdraw. And I can be because I need some reflection time. It can be for any variety of reasons. 
But for people who withdraw, they can do and choose a variety of ways to use that withdrawal time, but they are not interacting with anyone else. Rituals is the next one on the list. Hi, how are you? Fine. We've all gone through that ritual. And when I was teaching, one of my students decided they wanted to do something that would be a little abnormal. I encourage my students to do something that's different. I encourage them to look at things differently so that they don't get stuck into the same mode of seeing things the same way over and over and over. And he decided that he would try the hi, how are you kind of concept. And so he took the phrase, hi, how are you? And then he walked across campus and when people mumbled that to him in greetings, he said, I died, but I'm just fine. <laughs> and the amazing thing was how few people ever heard of the I'm dead. Even heard. Didn't even hear it. It was very, very seldom because we were tuned into expecting an expectation. The ritual was that you would say, just fine. Yes. Now, you and I, you know, I've been around long enough to know that one of the worst things that can happen is, hi, how are you? And someone stops and tells you. <laughs> now, you can be very comfortable with the 30-second version. Some people have 60 seconds. Some people are almost saints and become five, 10 minutes. Some people have absolutely feel so lousy about themselves, they figure, well, they might as well listen to your pains. That certainly diverts them from their own. The key thing here is that you get a choice on what you choose to do when you interact with the ritual. Most of us go with fine. Most of us go along because, once again, we don't want to interfere with someone's day. We know that they're asking not as a sincere question. They are asking as part of a ritual. It's kind of like when we shake hands. It's a ritual. It's better than walking up and tweaking somebody's nose, for example. You walk up and tweak their nose, and they're going to go... Boy, he just got off the funny farm. So if it's a ritual, whether it's a verbal like fine or whether it's a handshake, it's part of how we interact. I have an expectation, you meet it. And if you mumble something like I'm near death, well, that certainly is going to upset the ritual. The third way we have of spending time is pastiming. We all know how to pass time. This is when you talk and say nothing. This is when you talk and you know what the person's going to say before they say it. Kind of like going to a family reunion sometimes. And you listen and you think, haven't I heard that story every year for her? Okay. But it's a, you know, I've passed timing. If I'm going to talk about how sad the state of affairs are in America today, you know, that will be a good pastiming. You can always find somebody who will agree with you about how sad things are. And they will, for example, well, it's not that the sun is out today, but do you know that it's going to rain tomorrow? That's what's the key thing. It's not emphasizing the sunshine being here today, but it's going to absolutely be cloudy and miserable tomorrow. 
Pastiming is just that. It's way of passing the time. Most people know their scripts. They, they do it. A fourth way is what you're doing right now. An activity like coming to a wonderful class, maybe listening to Power for Positive Living podcast on Thursday nights. It may have been back in the days when you went to a job, or it may be that you go and play uh, bingo on Thursday mornings. Whatever it is, it's an activity. It's a way of spending time. Generally, we find activity pleasant. As almost anyone who's had a job through their life, they know that jobs are not always fun. So once again, an activity can be positive, it can be negative. But I still go back to something I mentioned at the very beginning of this class, and that's, remember, you get to choose. Yes, the sun is out today. The humidity is down today. It's going to rain on Wednesday, and the humidity will be back in the double digits. Which do you choose to focus on? They're both true. It's just your choice. And that's the key thing that I want to keep emphasizing over and over again. You get to choose. Skip games for a moment and come down to number six, the way that we spend time, and that's intimacy. This is when you and I interact and we go with the degree of can I be honest? On one of the podcasts, I talked about the difference between honesty and maturity. Honesty is the ability to tell the truth to other people. Maturity is the ability to tell the truth to yourself. If you and I can develop an intimate relationship where we are honest and open, and we're not going to have to resort to pastiming or playing an activity and hopefully avoid games, then we have intimacy. Now, in our culture, a lot of times that's what we talk about is, uh, is equivalent to physical intimacy. But what I'm talking about here is emotional intimacy. The ability to be open, to be as honest and open and as comfortable with the I am okay and so are you. We're not going to have to play any of these games that are in the other three positions. The other three positions are the ones that where all these games are. We have a choice of games. But if you and I can develop and a complete, open, honest, where I can tell you what I feel, what I think, what I believe, and you can do the same. A book that I have mentioned frequently is Why Am I Afraid to Tell You Who I Am? Well, the answer, according to the author John Powell, is if I tell you truly who I am, you may not like me. And if I truly tell you who I am and you don't like it, it's all I've got. In intimacy, you get a chance to be who you are. I can be myself and I can create a safe atmosphere where you can be yourself. Not the perfect self. With intimacy, you get a chance to be mature and honest, honest with the other, and develop the ability to be honest with yourself. To me, those are very critical aspects of understanding the time structure. Does this make sense so far? So interesting. Oh, well, thank you. Incredible. Thank you.
This is your friend and host, James Huey. I hope that this visit with a recent class of mine at our local senior center has had some value for you for your own personal self-study. I thank you for listening to me on this podcast as I shared viewpoints from my own experiences and my own beliefs about wellness psychology. These podcasts are my gift to you, my listeners. Your positive feedback sent via email is always appreciated. The email address is powerforpositiveliving at gmail.com. Please join me next week as we continue to explore topics to enrich the quality of your life. I encourage you to nurture yourself as the unique individual that I believe you are. Until next we meet, I remain committed to power for positive living and friendship. Good day.